All right. <clears throat> Welcome into another episode, episode 19 of Rams Edge. Today, we'll be talking about whatever you guys want to talk about. There's a, a not a lot going on, obviously, but we're not even back to um, you know training camp, but I'm pushing through a sore throat as well. So uh, we're going flu game here, but I figure, you know, we'll, uh, we'll talk some Rams. Um, any questions, if you just want to put them in the comment section or if you want to call in, you're more than welcome. Uh, welcome in, Roy. How's it going? Hope all is well. And uh, I'm excited to talk Rams on this, uh, this fine Saturday. It's a holiday weekend, essentially, you know, with the... Fourth of July coming up, so you know, really excited about that. But um, you know, looking at just what's going on, you know, the the training camp is going to take off right around. Let's say, I believe it's in the the nineteenth to like the twenty sixth or whatever. Um, it's going to be towards the end of July, and then we're going to get preseason finally. I can't wait to do live preseason call ins. That'll be fun. So, you know, we got that going on, but hope everyone is uh, is doing well and, you know, just uh, waiting for some people to come in here and, you know, we'll, we'll get this thing, you know, kicked off. So, let's see. So yeah, um, you know, as we wait for people to come in, pretty much, you know, a lot of a lot of the discussion is you know with the newcomers and and whatnot with the Rams and you know I, I think obviously we've talked about Allen Robinson, we've talked about what he can do, we've talked about the addition of Bobby Wagner and you know what he's going to mean for the Rams moving forward, but I don't think we talk enough about guys like Jordan Fuller. You know, guys like Greg Gaines and Nick Scott, Taylor Rapp, Terrell Burgess. Talk about the big names. Don't always talk about the smallest names. Not just we, as in the show, but just in general. I think with the media. So, that's a thing here. You know, that that's a legitimate thing that I think, you know, you look at Greg Gaines going into potentially his last season in L.A. as he's going into a contract here. And it's one of those things, man, you know, you talk about, it, you're like, really like Gaines, like what he does, but there's a, there's not a guarantee he'll be back. And I do think that's something that, you know, Rams, the Rams in general and Rams fans have to kind of, you know, prepare for essentially. So, you know, but Roy, if you want to uh, speak, you're more than welcome to, anybody can, can speak. Just hit the uh, the call-in button at the bottom of your screen. But, yeah, just looking at, you know, Greg Gaines, looking at, you know, Jordan Fuller. You know, this is somebody that went from, okay, we got him the sixth round out of Ohio State. think he's going to be pretty good. Now, you know, in training camp, he comes on strong. Like, all right, he might actually start. And then he starts and uh, becomes the captain in year two. Now, there's some concern about the injuries he's had. He's had a bunch. But if this guy stays healthy, I mean, this is exactly how 
the Rams have been able to do what they do. <clears throat> Finding guys like Jordan Fuller means you can make the tough decision to let guys like John Johnson walk. You know? Bringing back Troy Hill I don't think has been talked about enough. That was a really big pickup. He's not a superstar name, but just think about what we already know what he can do You know, with this defense. He had his best season in 2020, in my opinion. And he showed you big playability, pick sixes, things along that nature. I don't think he gets enough credit. I just don't. So I'm excited to see him. But, um, you know, I think looking at those guys, it's not just the the one star. No, no, no. It's not. It's about making those glue guys fit. The puzzle pieces, if you will. Because it doesn't matter how sexy the puzzle pieces are. If you don't, you don't complete the puzzle until you put all the pieces together. And that's the thing I think the Rams do well is that, you know, you get gains you, in the fourth round. You get Jordan Fuller in the sixth round. You get Nick Scott late in the draft. In order to put together a puzzle, you need to put together all the pieces. And so that is why they've been able to do what they do. That is why they're incredibly interesting. It's not just stars. The Rams are a really interesting and team in general. Like the, the way they built their team is very intriguing and no one has really done anything like it. So, you know, that's something to be said there. But you know, just it's pretty dead today, I guess. Not many people want to talk about the Rams on a Saturday. I mean, I think, you know, this is going to really start to to take off, I think, at some point when, you know, you have have the the regular season, everything going on. But as of right now, I think, you know, it is pretty dead. Roy, I appreciate you being here. Definitely don't don't be a stranger. Do you think Wolford and Perkins have a battle for QB2 spot? Sorry, I just saw that comment. Um, it's a good question. So, I do think they're going to have a little bit of a battle. I think Wolford is the QB two, but I do think they're going to use Perkins to to somewhat push him. But I think they're also going to grab another guy. In, uh, you know, whether it be a USFL guy or a free agent, I think they're going to grab another guy to kind of push Perkins. Makes sense. Competition is great. Without competition, well, you're not going to get much better. It, it's really pushing you to to succeed. It's pushing you to grow. And I think you, you absolutely have to have competition. Plus, the Rams, theoretically, they're not going to play John Wolford once again in the preseason. In all likelihood. They didn't last year. Can't see them doing it now. So you run the risk of Perkins playing in the preseason the whole time if you don't get another camp guy. And then he gets hurt, and now all of a sudden, well, you need a quarterback. You know? So you do run that risk. That That's a real thing. And I think, 
in that sense, like I, I don't think Perkins has no chance of, of getting QB2, but I think they really do like Wolford. I think he's like Troy Reader for them. Not everybody loves him, but the Rams really trust him. They feel like he understands what they're trying to do, the system. He fits. There's comfortability and familiarity there. So, yeah, I. that's a really good question. But, yeah, in a nutshell, that's kind of how I, I feel about that, is that it just feels like, you know, the Rams, they're likely going to bring in somebody to compete against Perkins, and Perkins will have a shot, sure, definitely. But I think ultimately, John Wolford is going to win that job. That job's not forever, though. Like, John Wolford might, this might be a one-year thing, and then, you know, Perk ends up being the guy next year. So, yeah, that's that's how I see it. I mean, I would really like the idea of going out and getting Kyle Sloter or, you know, Case Cookus in the uh, USFL and pushing Perkins. And then maybe you keep Perkins and the guy from the USFL and you either trade John Wolford or you cut him outright if you find that, all right, these guys are younger and they're better off for us. But... So, yeah, Roy, it's just uh, just you and I right now. Also with Aaron Donald, he has three more years left on his contract. I know I don't want to look that for that far in the future, but without AD on the defense, when the time comes, how do we re- how do we build this defense without the AD? Great question. How do you how do you build a defense without the best player in the league? It's a very good question because in three years, I don't think he, and maybe even earlier than that, maybe even earlier than that, I don't see him staying. So, um, because I, I think he could retire before the end of his contract. Well, here's what I would say. It's never going to be perfect, but, you know, I, I would say this, when it comes to AD, and he is the best player in the league. He's also getting paid a ton of money. So I guess the good news about that is once he is off the books, that money is now available. The Rams all of a sudden would free up, you know, around 25 to $30 million in cap. And by free up, I mean it would just all of a sudden not be, you know, allocated towards anything because Aaron Donald retired. And then you become a player, you know, in the sweepstakes to go out and get a, a premier pass rusher or whoever. And at that point, you're hoping that, you know, some of these guys you're seeing like Quentin Williams here and, you know, even Jalen Carter in the draft and, you know, defensive linemen 
Ed Oliver, guys like that. You're hoping at that point those guys are free agents or they're available and they've really grown. And, and those are guys because, you know, I really think the key in this league is interior pressure. You know, there are teams that have really good pass rush on the edge, but they don't have the interior pressure. And the interior pressure, what it does is it like really, you know, cuts down how much, you know, room you have to step up in the pocket. And it basically, without really creating an illusion, creates an illusion in a sense that, you know, you have time in the pocket and then all of a sudden you don't, you know, because it's one thing if you have a guy coming on the outside and he's about to hit you and you start to feel that pressure, it's another thing when it's up the middle, you know, and so then you run side to side or or whatever you try to do, you're going to probably run right into one of the edge uh, pressure or even a guy in the interior. So interior pressure is so important. It really makes it hard on the quarterback when you're pushing his center right into him, you know. And I do think that to a degree, if I'm looking, like if Quinnen Williams ends up becoming a superstar and he becomes a free agent, that's the type of guy that you would want to replace Donald. You know, a guy like that, you know, a younger, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with Brown and, and uh, you know, Kinlaw, but it's that type of player, you know, DeForest Buckner level. You're not going to find Aaron Donald. You're not. Generational talent. But if you can find somebody that's close to that, that can operate in the trenches, well, then now you might be, you might be talking. So I think that's, that's really important there. Um, you know, in addition to that, I would say if you didn't get that and there wasn't anyone worth it and, you know, you're feeling good about the development of Bobby Brown, maybe Greg Gaines is still there, whoever, then you could start looking at pass rusher. You know, because soon Leonard Floyd will be off the books. And Leonard Floyd, you know, and, and Aaron Dahl be off the books is close to $50 million. And now, I mean, you could buy yourself a pass rush if you don't already have one. And the thing about the Rams, though, they have decided to go kind of the long route, you know, the, the long approach with uh, young pass rushers. They drafted Chris Garrett. D2 guy in the seventh round last year. Then this year they take Daniel Hardy, who is not a D2 guy, but he's in the FCS, and they take him in the seventh round this year. So back-to-back seasons drafting developmental high upside players, you know, they could be ready for that. And that that's a big thing there, you know, when, when you talk about that. If you're able, in my opinion – if you're able to replace Aaron Donald after his contract or Leonard Floyd after his contract and, you know, you already have those two guys, you have Daniel Hardy and you have, uh, you know, you have Daniel Hardy and you have Chris Garrett, then you have to feel pretty good. That means you, you've planned ahead and you've, you know, successfully done the right thing because then now you can spend that money on getting other guys. And that's really the main thing is that, just because the Rams lose Aaron Donald or, or, you know, Leonard Floyd in the next three years does not mean necessarily that they're done for because that's a lot of money to be freed up. And like I said, if the Rams continue to do what they're doing and they continue to develop their young talent, then 
they're going to be able to spend that money accurately and intelligently. And what I mean by that is, well, if now all of a sudden you have two starters in Chris Garrett and Daniel Hardy from the seventh round, you don't have to spend on edge. And now maybe you could look at, you know, who the, the star in the trenches is at that point, And then you could pay them, you know, X amount of dollars to be your defensive tackle and try to give you that interior pressure. You know, it, it's kind of the same thought process as, um, you know, when you, you look at like losing Von Miller, right? Well, you know, you lose Von Miller, but because you got Justin Hollins the way you did, you know, basically, you know, he gets claimed, um, you know, I, I think doing that allowed you to, um, you know, because you get Justin Hollins and then you, you draft Terrell Lewis in the third round. You have Chris Garrett. Now you have Daniel Hardy. If those guys pan out, now you don't have to trade or sign anybody to replace Von Miller. And you use that, you know, cap essentially allocated it to go and get Robinson and Wagner, um, which what's up, Mason? Uh, they could make another Super Bowl because of Wagner and Robinson. I definitely agree with that. I think they were already a Super Bowl team before, but and actually, uh, you know, you're you're rocking the Justin Jefferson uh, avatar, uh, which uh, you know respect there. I'm actually uh, very high on the Vikings. Um, you know, going off topic a little bit here, I think the Vikings are potentially going to win that division, and I think they're the ultimate dark horse in the league. So just remember I said that. I know I'm probably not telling you anything you don't already know, but, you know, it was worth a mention. But, yeah, going back to, to what we were talking about, though, um, you know, I, I really do think they were really smart with that money because at first glance, like, did they need to get Allen Robinson? Did they need to, to get rid of Robert Woods? No, they. I, I wouldn't say they needed it. But here's the thing. What worked last year, what got you to a Super Bowl last year, which won you the Super Bowl last year, won't necessarily win you the Super Bowl this year. Won't even get you the Super Bowl this year. People know how you're doing things. People know how you operate. People understand your course of action now, your game plan. So in a sense, making it to the Super Bowl and winning is great because it reaffirms what you're doing is is right. Okay. I know I'm a good coach because, well, what we just did last year, we won the Super Bowl with. At the same time, it can get you into a trap. And if you don't adapt, you will die in this league. So even though you won the Super Bowl and you were on the mountaintop at the end of the year, does not mean you can do the same thing. Sean McVay, Les Snead, everybody understands that with the Rams organization. You can tell just based on the coaching hires they made. You can tell just based on adding Allen Robinson, making the tough decision to let go of Robert Woods. It's not that Robert Woods isn't valuable. He's very valuable. It's that Allen Robinson offers something that they never had in their offense. He gives them a 50-50 ball solution. And on top of that, he's going to give them a true big body target. And that's the thing. Robinson's not a bad blocker either. He's good after the catch. He's a good route runner. And he's been around complete nothingness at quarterback. And now he's got Matthew Stafford. Stafford's already incredibly accurate. So the idea that now an accurate quarterback has a guy who has a limitless catch radius, that's something to get really excited about. 
But it doesn't stop there because they also were like, you know what? We don't really pay the linebacker position. We let Corey Littleton go. We let this guy go, this guy go, etc. But they got Bobby Wagner. They paid Bobby Wagner. They changed up what they normally do. The Rams don't normally go for the big body, go up and get it wide receiver. They normally go for guys that are rack guys, guys that are really good route runners, good hands, but are kind of shorter, right? I mean, Cup is tall, Van is good size, but they didn't have like a six foot four, six foot three guy like Robinson that really played that way. They had Josh Reynolds, who was not even half of what Robinson is. That doesn't change anything. So that's the thing is them changing what they do, going out and getting Robinson, going out and getting Wagner. I mean, <clears throat> you know, after last year with Ernest Jones, you wouldn't have really felt like linebacker was a neat. They had him, they had Traven Howard. But then they go out and they get Wagner, and it's like, okay, the Rams need business. They really, they, they feel the presence. They feel that target on their back. And so they're going to come out strong, firing on all cylinders, and change what they're doing. And you don't want to change too much because, again, it is what allowed you to win a Super Bowl last year. But if you can make these minor adjustments, which the Rams did, and they weren't complacent, they didn't sit on their hands, you're going to be a really darn good team this year. And, and that's what I think from the Rams. I think they're they're going to be a team that uh, you know ends up winning the Super Bowl again. I really do. I think they, they can repeat. I think they can beat. I think they'll beat the Bills. Um. You know, I think this is a team that has a lot of talent and has really good coaching and furthermore has diversified their talent. Doesn't just have eight of the same guy at one position. They've diversified it. They're going to complement each other. The offensive line, okay, that could be an issue. I'm not saying it won't. No boom starting for the first time, like legitimately going into a season as a starter for the first time in his career. David Edwards, you're hoping the left guard who's going into a contract year, you know, finds his stride, dials it up a notch. Brian Allen last year's first true full season as a starter was a Pro Bowl alternate, so you're hoping he can build off that. Right guard Logan Bruss, you're hoping okay, this guy's a rookie, but you know if he can. If he can play as a plug-and-play guy and just be at least average, they'll be fine there. And then Havenstein, who's going to have to be the leader of this offensive line. He's the only one that really has been the guy. Uh, he's been the starter since you know 2015 or whatever. So Havenstein is important for that reason. And the division is tough besides the Hawks, and that could stop them. But I saw it last year. They could take care of that division. Yeah, Mason, um, you know, looking at this division, to be honest with you, I think the only one that really stands a chance of scaring the Rams, I wouldn't even say beating them, but scaring them is the Niners, because uh, the Niners have a good roster <clears throat> from top to bottom, uh, and I'm really high on Trey Lance, so I like what they're doing. The Cardinals, I think that, you know, I think Cardinals fans are in for a rude awakening. Um, I've made videos about this. I just... The Cardinals this year, I really don't feel like. And I was looking at the roster, and I'm like, it's all right, but people overreact to like what they did last year. Uh, you know, they were doing that on, you know, a third place schedule, or you know, fourth place schedule actually. So, you know, this year, it's going to be tougher for them. And, you know, I will say, um, 
I don't know if I really trust Kyler Murray at this point. I like him, uh, or I liked him more than I did. But I think there's a, a legitimate concern if you're a Hawks or a Cardinals fan that Kyler Murray does not make it the full season. And I'm not talking about injury-wise. I'm literally talking about him wearing down to the point where he's playing in games at the end of the year and not doing anything in them. I think that's very real. Very possible. So, that's what I will, uh, I'll see in regards to that. But, you guys have any other questions? Yeah, I mean, maybe they trade Kyler. That would be something, right? Could you imagine that if they trade Kyler Murray? I don't know what they would get for him. Do you trade him for a quarterback actively? Like, who do you trade him for? Because you wouldn't have a quarterback if you traded him. Like, who could you get for Kyler Murray? Could probably get a bunch of picks. They did give away Chandler Jones. They absolutely did. They didn't. They didn't bring him back. And yeah, I don't. I don't get it with the Cardinals. I don't get the hype. I really don't. Um, with the Cardinals, uh, I think with Seattle, it feels weird, but you know, I I do think uh, I think Seattle could be better than the Cardinals this year. Um, I like the roster the quarterback could be, you know, better, but they get Baker Mayfield. I mean, that's, you know, he's not the best, but he's not the worst either. Two first round picks and players. That's what you think, Mason. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wonder if it's intra conference, so I don't know if it would happen, but I wonder if like the Cardinals would get like multiple picks and like a Jalen Hurts. I wonder if the Eagles would do that. I don't know. I'm trying to make a, a trade like that would be really hard. Because think about it. If the Cardinals were to trade Kyler, he's not going to the NFC West. That's not happening. Then you have Tom Brady in Tampa. Not happening. Jameis in New Orleans. I, I don't see that. You got... Sam Darnold with the Panthers, no. You know, uh, I mean, you got two guys there, Mariota, and you have um, Ritter with Atlanta, so I would say no. I, I just don't think it would be NFC. So then you have to look at AFC, right? And it's like if, if the the Cardinals were to trade Kyler to the AFC, AFC West, you got Derek Carr, which is... I honestly think Derek Carr is staying. That's why they got, you know, Adams. Adams and Carr were teammates at Fresno State. So I don't see that. Um, Then you have the, the Broncos, which Russell Wilson, that's nah, not happening. And then, I mean, they would be insane to trade away Justin Herbert for Kyler Murray. So that's not happening with the Chargers. Chiefs aren't trading away Patrick Mahomes. So then you go to the, the East, and, I mean, 
Zach Wilson, I wouldn't do, but I mean, I guess that could be an option, multiple picks in Zach Wilson for Kyler Murray. I wouldn't do that if I were the Jets, but I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't be like shocked if that was offered to them. Um, yeah, and then two attack of Iloa in uh, Miami. Miami would do that. I don't know why the Cardinals would. And then you have the Patriots of Mac Jones. That is almost kind of interesting there. I just don't think Kyler Murray is a Bill Belichick type of quarterback, but Kyler Murray and, you know, for Mac Jones and a first rounder, that would be kind of intriguing. I don't think they'll trade him because I think they got what's his face for that, you know, Marquise Brown for that reason, but I guess stranger things have happened. The Hawks could get Baker and not tank, try to win as much as you can. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Titans, that's interesting. So they would trade Tannehill. I mean, I think Kyler's a massive upgrade over Tannehill, so I think Titans might actually consider that. I mean, if they did that, they'd probably have to trade Malik Willis. So it would be like Tannehill and Malik Willis for Kyler Murray. And then, like, they'd get, like, a pick. That would be something. Colts with Matt Ryan, no. Then you got... Jaguars with Lawrence. Um, that is really interesting. Kyler Murray for Trevor Lawrence is almost a fair, like, I I don't know, Trevor Lawrence with the ceiling, I could see. If the Jaguars don't go somewhere with Trevor Lawrence this year and the Cardinals don't go anywhere with Kyler Murray, that might be an interesting trade. I'm actually now very curious about that trade. The Texans with Davis Mills. You probably have to give up like two first rounders, three first rounders and Davis Mills for Kyler. But I mean, if the Texans wanted to do that, I don't know if the Cardinals would, but that wouldn't be the worst trade. I think you have like three potential trade partners in the South. You have potentially two in the East, maybe three in the East. Obviously, they're not like they wouldn't do Josh Allen. Like Bills won't trade Josh Allen. So then the last one's the North, and this becomes interesting because you have the Steelers with Kenny Pickett and Trubisky. I don't think that they would do that. I don't think that they would trade either of them for Kyler. But that would be interesting. Um, then the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, absolutely not. And then the Browns. I mean, you just don't really have anything to trade. Baker, but like, you know, you're already paying so much to Deshaun Watson, you wouldn't be able to pay Kyler. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so on that. And then Burrow and Cincinnati. So, yeah. I don't, uh, 
That's a really good question, though. Like, if Kyler were to get traded, where would he go? Very thought-provoking. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't really need Kyler to get traded. Like, even though, you know, I cover the Rams, I'm a Rams fan. Like, I wouldn't be like, yeah, you know, the Rams definitely need Kyler out of the NFC West. Because I think Kyler, he's already shown you, you know, he, he does wear down as the season goes on, you know. So I just, I don't know. For me, I don't really, I don't really trust I don't really trust Kyler for a full season, but my argument would be made to, you know, you look at the AFC East and I like the Mac Jones potential trade. I like the potential trade if, you know, the Jaguars don't do anything with Lawrence this year and the Cardinals don't do anything with Kyler this year, maybe next year, you know, there's a swap between Kyler and Lawrence. Um, I like the trade with Tannehill and picks. I think they're, 